Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic podcast number 731, November 10th, 2021. The high on this day was 69 degrees. We achieved that in 2012, and it was as cold as 3 degrees in 1986. And a year ago today, which I don't remember, we had five and a half inches of snow. Hey! Wow. Really? No. Yeah. From huh. the mayor's office. That met my significant test. Is it five plus? Is that what your deal is? About five plus. Okay. Maybe I won't be dead a winter, but around this time of year. Director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushman. I had an email from a GLer that I've misplaced to my regret. And he is reporting that his lilacs, apparently suffering from climate derangement syndrome, are blooming right now. Was this wow. an email that was part of the printing fiasco from a few minutes ago? <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I can't find it. But I, I, uh, uh, he wanted to know what I thought, and I, I think that I'm amazed. Mine are uh, nowhere near blooming. They're tucked back for winter. Why would so? Did they? Oh, this is. Gonna They're be... confused. They have climate derangement. Syndrome. Are they reblooming? I, apparently, huh? Yeah, that would be a rebloom. That would yeah. be, a, that'd that's be a, the rebloom. That's the rebloom. Right. Rebloom. Yep. Right here on November tenth, the forty-sixth anniversary oh, of yeah. the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, that's right. And uh, there's a ceremony taking place this afternoon at Split Rock Lighthouse, uh, and that's a return to an in-person event after last year's ceremony and beacon lighting were moved to an online-only event because of the uh, the COVID. The, more, the memorial observance at the historic lighthouse is held each November 10th on the anniversary of the 1975 sinking of the freighter in a Lake Superior gale. They lost 29 men, all 29 men aboard. Uh, and this has been an annual tradition at Split Rock since 1985. Uh, the mighty Fitz would have passed several miles offshore from Split Rock on its final voyage. The freighter left Superior, Wisconsin on November 9, 1975 with a load of iron ore pellets and made its way across Lake Superior, as we all know, as a November gale intensified. The ship and its captain, Ernest McSorley, and its crew spent hours battling wind and waves, making its way toward Whitefish Point. On the evening of November 10, McSorley radioed to the nearby freighter, Arthur M. Anderson, that the Fitz was holding our own soon after the Fitzgerald sank without giving a, si- a signal. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, know, I, I don't know. I know why it captivates me. I, I don't know why it uh, captivates. Maybe it captivates the public for the same reason it captivates me, that that lake is such a, uh, a whirling dervish of storms and changing weather. And, and these guys are out there fighting that all the time. Uh, the, the, the split rock itself, the lighthouse, was built in response to a massive 1905 storm that caused more than two dozen shipwrecks. Then there was the, then the 1913 storm. But that, and if those had happened today, it would be the result of climate uh, derangement <laughs> syndrome. Of I'm, course. I'm quite seriously, yep. it would be. Oh, would you're be. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Definitely. Now, uh, split rock is, is still operable, correct? They yes. still use it. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, well, well, Hayes Scriven, the site manager at Split Rock Lighthouse, uh, Lighthouse, told NPR News that he's looking forward to sharing the outdoor ceremony with visitors again. Uh, so yeah. open 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. today 
if you're up that in that well, neck. What were of you going to say, Johnny? It, it's it's more like a museum at this point. They don't right. use it for actual. Yeah, right. Ship, I guess shipping. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure the lights on every night. Is it? No, no. They yeah. It's a, it's a uh, like I said, a tourist. I was kind of bummed through the year that we went there. Uh, when we took the boys up there. Um, I, I get a little claustrophobic now. I got a little height in me these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, it was, hey, here it is. Okay, now let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I did really? the, I, I don't know what it was, but it was cool to just bring them I, I went through it and loved it, yeah, and I, I, I had no issues. And you know what else it's the anniversary of? Hmm. What? Welcome, Mr. Gumbinger, to our talk show. It's a pleasure <laughs> to have you on with us. This has interested me for many a year. Please bet oh. at last we can discuss this. <laughs> How you doing, Joe? Well, I'm not... T.D. Mishki, sir. I wasn't <laughs> Mishki, sir. <laughs> Tommy, you're a genius. <laughs> oh, God, that was How you doing, Joe? Stuff. No, 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 no Joe was on Joe. earlier. That's your address. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the oh. Al Gore file, shall we? Oh, Many, sure. many GLers responding to the news yesterday of Al Gore's blatant insistence that he will find and out uh, people who emit what can only be, in his estimation, apparently too much carbon. I don't know if you still have that or not. I can pull it up, but I yeah. think we forgot to do something else, too, huh. by the way. What's that? Well, I mean, we keep a file of things just like this, and I believe that required this, did it not? That deserves this. Is that worth That we should have groin kicked him. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, we should we have. Fr- well, while you look for that, let me go through these emails. Kelsey notes that uh, Prince Charles, of course, is, wants to militarize the fight against... Uh, Climate change, and Kelsey wonders if it will become enough of a threat that they actually sell one of their castles. The royal family has 46 homes. Wow. Tush. The Gores have a new home on an ocean front. Scott Matura writes, many Americans have picked up on the fact that the left has done their best to remove religion from our everyday lives, though not religion in the broad sense, but more specifically Judeo-Christian values. Thus, we are left with the feral youth and the lack of moral and ethical integrity. I don't believe it is by accident. But there are eerie similarities to another time in history when something grew out of fear and gained community momentum with no grounding or basis, where citizens turned on each other if for no other reason but to divert attention and speculation away from themselves, where a few loud voices, however misguided, shepherded, the many down a path of fear and righteousness in just a few years, but took many years after that to undo what had been done. He's likening the Salem witch trials to climate derangement syndrome. In 1692, a daughter and niece of the Reverend Samuel Paris became ill beyond the scope of medical knowledge, so the doctor diagnosed them as bewitched. And this quickly spread through Salem and resulted in the execution of 19 men and women and several more deaths in prison. If two neighboring farmers were having a dispute, one would accuse the other of being a witch, and suddenly that farmer had to defend not being a witch in court and sometimes to their failure. And having nothing to do with the original dispute, witch accusations were used as a cudgel that were very difficult to defend. Sound familiar? The use of the word racist card or climate denier? In closing, I was recently having a climate conversation with someone, and I began by asking them perhaps the most poignant Joe Souchere question you have ever asked. What's the temperature supposed to be? Well, not this hot, was the response. Okay, I said, then how about when it's 30 below? 
her response, that's not the same. That's bound to happen sometimes. That's just winter. This is who we are attempting to have a rational conversation with. I may as well have tried to tell her that I wasn't a witch. Pushing back has always got mature. Uh, oh, here's here's the lilac uh, email. There you found it. From Roger. <laughs> My lilacs are confused, blooming again five months later and six months early. Probably could be maliciously used by the climate derangementistas. Thinking the dry summer and recent cold weather, then warm, faked out the poor things. Curious on your take on this. I don't have a take, Roger. I think it's neat. I'm not alarmed. Uh, Chris writes, Gore's Climate Trace Coalition. Al Gore just activated Skynet. <laughs> Skynet is a highly advanced computer system possessing artificial intelligence. Once it became self-aware, it saw, it saw humanity as a threat to its existence due to attempts of the Cyberdyne scientists to deactivate it once it had gained self-awareness. He's having a little fun with that because there are two versions of Skynet. I looked it up. One's fictional, which he's describing, and one's a real satellite system uh, employed, for example, to uh, uh, stop terrorism. Space Coalition uses satellites to monitor greenhouse gas emissions. How significant will this technology be for holding countries and companies accountable? Well, yes, we, we use the, it's a coalition of artificial intelligence companies and uh, NGOs. We, we get data continuously from 300 existing satellites, more than 11,000 ground-based, air-based, sea-based sensors, multiple internet data streams, and using artificial intelligence, all that information is combined, visible light, infrared, all of the other information uh, that is brought in, and we can now accurately determine where the greenhouse gas emissions are coming from. And next year, we'll have it down to the level of every single power plant, refinery, every large ship, every plane, every waste dump, uh, and we'll have the identities of the people who are responsible for each of those greenhouse gas emission streams. And if investors or governments or uh, civil society activists want to hold them responsible, they will have the information upon which to base their action in holding them responsible. Uh, Paul Root wonders, what's the difference between Cortez Rice intimidating jurists and the judge and Al Gore saying that social activists uh, will hold uh, polluters accountable? Uh, Gore is inciting uh, chaos. He, he, he has to know his audience is so fearful and so vulnerable and so gullible for this nonsense that he's actually encouraging them to, be, to become rats. He's encouraging them to rat out what, what would be thought to be something that Gore wouldn't accept. I, I, it's just appalling. Greetings from the deer stand in Chili Aiken from Steve Wilson. Thanks to Wilson. Thanks to Bluetooth technology. I'm able to catch up on yesterday's podcast. Per Al Gore's message to Andrea Mitchell, get ready for protests and riots at every source of life we know. Power plants, airlines, waste management facilities, etc. Publishing names and addresses of the offenders is a breach of privacy, and he basically endorsed foul behavior, saying that would allow protesters to take matters into their own hands. As you mentioned, this is quite eerie. On the bright side, though, after a good forest fire or volcano eruption with copious amounts of carbon emissions, we'll finally get Mother Nature's contact info so we can protest. I have some questions for her as well. Like, where the hell are the deer and why is our lake down? Good luck, Steve Wilson. Kelsey notes, I guarantee that Al Gore already has a huge personal financial investment in this technology that is yep. going to track the polluters. 
That, that, this is what he and his ilk have been doing for the last 20 years. They invest their own money in a new technology that directly competes with the present utilized technology. Think oil, coal, and gas. Then they heavily invest in alternative energy sources before they use their political power and celebrity status to demonize the original technology. Don't forget that he claimed a net worth of $1.7 million when he was running for president in 2000. He now has a net worth of over $300 million. Scaring people is a great way to get rich. By the way, where was the Me Too movement when it comes to this gas bag? Remember this activity? And then he linked me to the uh, uh, massage uh, parlor assault accusations a couple of gals made against Gore years ago. That seems to have conveniently disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey is uh, uh, trustworthy. I don't know where he came up with Gore's net worth of over $300 million. You could look it up I on will. Celebrity Net Worth. I'll do it right now. I don't know how reliable Celebrity no, uh, Net Worth is. Brian Matura, who I believe is related to Scott, he writes, I found Al Gore's statement as disturbing as you did. What I heard him giving, per- I heard is he was giving permission to harass and intimidate anyone he feels responsible for climate change. Much like that thug that allowed to harass a judge in her own home without any repercussions or harassing the unvaccinated for being responsible for a never-ending pandemic. As long as the word incite gets used on a regular basis these days, let's use it in this case. Al Gore was inciting the climate change mob with the statement. I found it laughable that he referred to the people who would carry this out as civil activists. They are anything but civil. Larry from Manitoba, he didn't want to be Brian. All right. Hans writes... Great question. How in the hell do they have access to these satellites? A, that can't be cheap, and B, who is allowing them to use them? Also, holding people accountable is the new bullying into submission. Al Gore is a bully and a thug. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Will climate, uh, who's this from? Okay, will climate change uh, coalition be monitoring the Al Gore mansions? And then I was linked to some pictures of the Al Gore's mansions. So Gore uh, is a bad guy. He's uh, a bad guy. According to Celebrity Net Worth, yes, he's worth $300 million. I also found another story from FinancialPost.com as to how Al Gore amassed over $200 million in fortune after his presidential defeat to George W. Bush. Get he, this. He did it by peddling this BS. Well, but he also had other, uh, uh, what would you call it, ventures. Mm-hmm. So in... Oh, darn it. This computer is really being awesome today. Here we go. Uh, In 2004, the current TV network, which Al Gore helped start, was sold to Qatari-owned Al Jazeera Satellite Network for roughly $500 million. After debt, he grossed an estimated $70 million for his 20% stake. Uh, Two weeks later, Gore exercised options uh, on 59,000 shares of App. Apple stock that he'd been granted for serving on the Cupertino, California-based company's board since 2003. On paper, it was about a $30 million payday based on the company's share price on the day he claimed the options. So, He's a uh, dangerous fraud is what he is. He's a dangerous fraud. Bingo. And he's, he's selling hysteria, and he's benefiting from selling hysteria. It's a shame... And I'm finding it increasingly disheartening that we live in a time when we're surrounded by so much of this insanity. Because he doesn't believe any of this nonsense. He's in it to make money. If he believes the oceans are rising, why did he join the crowd that has the oceanfront mansion? Mm-hmm. Well, we've learned last week, wasn't it, by looking at that map? Mm-hmm. We're going to have oceanside property in Iowa. It's going to oh, be sweet. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Say, uh, the uh, judge in the... Uh, a Kim Potter case was brought up by a couple of the emailers. 
uh, finding it analogous that, uh, well, we're now learning that cameras will be allowed inside the courtroom in the trial of former Brooklyn Center Police Chief Kim Potter. According to court documents, Judge Regina M. Chu will allow cameras inside the courtroom for the trial of Potter, who was charged with fatally shooting black motorist Dante Wright earlier this year. Jury selection will begin November 30 with opening statements set to start December 8. Uh, She initially said that she didn't allow cameras uh, because of the fast-spreading Delta variant, possibly making the courtroom as... uh, uh, dangerous as it might have been, say, a year ago. Uh, but she also was harassed, and uh, uh, they're claiming that that had nothing to do with it. Uh, the order also read also read that a recent incident with protesters targeting the home of Judge Shu over the weekend had nothing to do with the ruling. The honest answer is the protest did not have any impact on the court's decision, nor should it the order reads, the court's decision to allow audiovisual coverage was made before the protest and is based solely on concerns for public health and safety given the ongoing pandemic. And that was this Cortez fellow uh, filming himself reaching her, her absolutely her front door. Her crib. Her crib said. was the crib. Yes. The crib. So they're claiming that uh, that harassment of her had nothing to do with it. Uh, we'll have to take the judge's word for that. Just as I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to take the judge's word mm-hmm. for uh, the mayor's word. No, I've got new words about Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats. Oh. I just got a note. Uh, they really, really are having a great success with their soup meats, and meatloaf is flying off the shelves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can fly. And I haven't been there in weeks, so don't blame me. Get this. <laughs> get this. Between the Hugo and Forest Lake stores... More than 400 pounds of original Town Ball in the Minnesotan have sold in two days. What? Yes. Jeez. Isn't that something? Wow. Grunhofer's S- now has... Sorry, Spence. Grunhofer's <laughs> also now has Wagyu steak jerky. Wagyu beef jerky. Oh, boy. That's, the supply is limited. I would not delay. And you can bring in your venison trim, and Grunhofer's will turn it into venison sausage. Huh? That's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61, just north of Hugo. And the new location just east of Interstate 35 on Highway 97 in Forest Lake. And don't forget the 139 different flavors of bratwurst for your football grilling. Mm -hmm. Space management. If you think you're a pro, why don't you you join the pros, professionalturf.com. Not only are they the best lawn care shop in the business, but they're looking for you, you seasonal workers, to push around some white gold this winter. And you know who you are. You're typically laid off in the fall, lawn care employees, construction, whatever. Uh, It's your attitude that matters. Quick learners, good with machinery, not intimidated by the size of a job or the potential length of a workday. A great opportunity to turn your extra downtime this winter into extra money in the South Metro. And, of course, you only work when it snows. They've got very flexible compensation program uh, programs to work with laid-off staff, and they're also going to be adding to their full-time staff for next summer, and that's a great opportunity with full benefits and exceptional pay. How do you hook up? Easy. Professionalturf.com. Click on Contact Us. Send your name, your info in, and hook up with them. A great opportunity, and you'll love working with Dave at ProfessionalTurf.com. 
Hey, GLers, if you're looking to improve the water quality in your home, then trust my friends at Hofferman Water. They are your local independent water treatment dealer, and they've been serving Minnesotans for nearly 50 years, and they understand the unique problems that Minnesota water brings. They are also an independent and authorized Connecticut dealer, so whether you're looking to soften, filter, or you just want your water to taste better, they will help make your water worry-free. I'm a prime example. I went with the Connecticut system a couple of years ago. I have the S. 650 system inside my home it made an absolute world of difference it improved everything your 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 dishes your your laundry your showers everything inside your home gets better with Connecticut and my friends at Hofferman Water if you already have a water treatment system in your home well they can help you with service and repairs they specialize in Connecticut products but service many other major brands too they can also help with salt delivery filter changes parts repairs and more give them a shout today you can call them at 612-895-2440 for a free water analysis and estimate, or just check them out online at HoffermanWater.com, and please let them know that Garage Logic sent you. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Is this Dylan? Yes. Yes. All by himself? Yep. All the instruments. He records them individually and then pastes it together? No, he plays all three at once. I'll be No, he doesn't. I don't know. He (laughs) records them separately. (laughs) Didn't I say that? Well, yeah, it just kind of seemed obvious. You want to have another rock and roll argument? Sure. No, no. (laughs) Always good for that. I'm going to tell you something very important. Uh-oh. As opposed to the rest of the show. <laughs> wow. We're being uh, grossly taken by the climate derangement syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where I think the, uh, the Al Gore incitement is, to my way of thinking, virtually criminal. I, I so loathe what he's done that I, I'm finding it hard to reconcile the idea that he's going to be taken seriously. Well, I think he already is, don't we're, you? We're, we're getting to be mob-driven in our yes. cultural life. But before the climate can do you any harm whatsoever, I'm going to tell you what you should be frightened about in terms of your health and your life. A St. Paul man pleaded guilty earlier this month to beating and robbing a man having a seizure on the Green Line light rail last December. Joseph Ray Conley, Jr., 29, pleaded guilty to aggravated robbery in Ramsey County District Court November 5. He will be sentenced December 17. According to the plea agreement, he will get five years probation and no further jail time. What? Oh, God. The judge can accept or reject the agreement. On December 30, 2020, around 4 p.m., Metro Transit Police were dispatched to an eastbound light rail car at the Dale Street Station in St. Paul. Surveillance video and witnesses show Conley sitting down beside a man who appeared to be having a seizure. Conley struck the man in the head, dragged him to the floor, stomped on his legs, punched him in the stomach, and then went through his pockets and took his shoes. Other passengers attempted to shield the man from Conley. The man later told police he felt like he was blacking out or having a seizure. 
Conley violated probation from a 2015 case in which he threatened a man with a gun during an argument. For that case, he served 64 days in the Ramsey County Jail and was put on probation for seven years. He also violated probation conditions from a 2018 felony drug conviction in which he spent 78 days in the Ramsey County Jail and was put on probation for three years. For this now foul act of beating a vulnerable passenger on the light rail, he'll just get another uh, period of probation and no jail time, no additional jail time. That's ridiculous. So if you want to be fearful of something, be fearful of a weakened judicial system in America. Uh, If you want to be fearful of something when you're at the truck park bar, you don't know that two guys at the next table are about to start shooting each other. And both, both of whom should have been in jail. And both of them who should not have been able to per- get firearms. Right, right. Yeah, This is a threat to our health. Oh, my God. The climate is no harm to your health. This is a threat to your health. But who, okay, do, is the judge named in this? No. <clears throat> this, is is a fellow, this is a fellow who is very threatening to the public. If you have it on video. What was to plea? What, yeah, uh, what was the plea? You saw what he did. Is this an example of the kind of thing John Choi will choose to look the other well, way on? That was my next question. Is this a judge or is this the prosecutors? Well, it's the prosecutors. So is this what he said weeks ago about how if this guy was stopped from a routine traffic stop, he wouldn't be prosecuted? Right. Oh, my God. This wasn't a routine traffic stop. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. You have at. on film this criminal harming and robbing an, a vulnerable individual who happened to be ill with something at the moment, either a seizure or he said he was feeling like he was blacking out. And oh, by the way, it wasn't a first-time offense. He was already on probation. 2015 on probation. 2018 felony drug conviction. That was a three-year probation, and this one will be. Uh, uh, he'll get five years of probation and no further jail time. So maybe he's been in jail since December of 2020. Oh my God! There, he now he still could end up with jail time. Just reading the story, mm-hmm. it's up to the judge. Right, right. So it, it was a, a Ramsey County prosecutor thing, mm-hmm. uh, setting up that plea agreement. Mm-hmm. What was to plea? Well, I don't get it. Yeah. What I, was to plea? You it. have him on film. Uh huh. There can be no disputing what this thug did. That, and that's one more reason why this light rail line is such an abject failure. Oh, yeah. There's no no rational soul is going to ride this thing. John, do It's too you, damn dangerous. John, you said that the, the judge could still sentence him. Do you, do you know what the maximum amount of time is? I do not. He'll be sentenced December 17th. The judge can either accept or reject the agreement. Well, and let's save point, this. Uh, let's save yeah, this yeah. and uh, follow up on it on December 17th. And hope the judge <laughs> does, you know. The correct thing here. The correct thing is this moron has to go away for a long time. A long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a threat. I, I beg people to, to uh, you know, don't even let your teens ride light rail. We let too many Joseph Ray Conley Juniors back on the street mm-hmm. too soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were, there were two of these guys in the truck park bar. There's This guy was on light rail. Or how about the story yesterday? Uh, the guy that, that stole the car, hit a fence, and then took out another driver. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry to ruin your newscast, John, but it's all right. I'll that can still be, read the story. That can be repeated <laughs> in the news. 
But to tell me, for these, for these world elites dining on five-course meals in Scotland while telling us not to eat meat, for these elites who flew there privately or got there in their private super yachts, for these elites to tell me that the climate presents harm. No, this presents harm. Mm -hmm. This is harm. Yep. My, uh, the people around me or your family members are more in danger of criminals on the street than they are of the climate, obviously. It's, it's not even analogous. You'll get a warning when a hurricane's coming. You can take precautions. How do, what precautions do you take about riding light rail and this thug gets on? Right. What, where's your warning system? What's wrong with you people? All GLers have an obligation to really push back against climate derangement syndrome and focus on that which is really going to prove to be harmful and already has proven to be harmful. And that's this pathetic acquiescing to the belief that uh, these people, well, it gets back to what was in play with some of the candidates in Minneapolis. That is, they don't believe in crime. They believe in behavior driven by necessity. So you have some bleeding heart saps around here who probably will say, well, that guy needed shoes. Sure. Well, then get a bleeping job and buy shoes. Could it also be why some people find it frustrating that, especially uh, with our governor here, that he is focusing so much more on COVID right now than addressing real issues that are plaguing not only the metro area, but the state. Well, all he's done is focus on COVID. That's been the lifeblood of his tenure. That's what what I'm getting at. He hasn't done anything. Not that COVID isn't a threat to people, because we know it is. I'm just saying that there are much bigger issues right now. We have vaccines for people that want to get them. I know people I can call uh, to to trace what happens to this guy on December 17th. I got people. All right. That would have people. Okay. So I'll I, I'll I, I'm gonna tape this to my computer. John has Larry <laughs> in the background. I'm, and I'm no, looking over here visitor. for the sound oh. of a dog. That's the visitor dog. That's a big dog. So oh, that's that's why you can hear him. Are you dog sitting? <laughs> we are. Yes. Uh huh. Very. Uh, has Larry got a buddy? Are they like Larry's, hanging out. Larry's got a buddy. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's with my door shut and the dog two flights above me, so. <laughs> you She's are more at risk of damage to your health and life by a weakened judicial system than you are from Mother Nature. Woof. Mother Nature gives you warnings. That's right. The Ramsey County Attorney's Office does not. No. And why anyone, I'm sure there are people who have found it uh, a necessity in their lives to ride the Green Line. Some, which, pe- some people do need to rely on it. Which essentially they do for free. It'd be racist to ask anybody to pay the fare. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't they, they announced that they reduced the fare to $1, didn't they, a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A do- why even charge if it's a dollar? It was a boondoggle from the start. It always will be. It will never pay for itself. It was a vision brought to you by the salon who wanted to play Europe. 
possessing no historical context of the way most of America outside the East Coast and Chicago developed. We developed by spreading out. We enjoyed our bounty. And they reject that. They resent that. Mm -hmm. To rein us in, they're making it more difficult to drive, and they're making it uh, terribly, uh, they're, they're always enthusiastically encouraging using public transit. Bus routes have been canceled for two reasons. One, shortage of drivers, yes. and two, nobody's riding the bus. Mm -hmm. What's the northern uh, segment of the train? Uh, there's a train that runs up North, here. North, North Star. Star. Isn't that down to a very limited service because it doesn't yeah. serve anybody? Yeah, four, uh, four uh, trips per, is it per day? Used we've to be every managed hour, I think. To, we've managed to elect people who don't like this country. <laughs> it's that simple. It is. Who don't like the mass of us, including Ramsey County Attorney's Office. How, how would you like to be the parent of, a, of the people who lost their lives at that truck park bar a month ago? Or a family member of, of this guy. Of this guy. Just, it's just outrageous. It's just, and absurd. I guess the helpless feeling that I, at least I know I feel is push back against what though, Joe? We, we, we can raise and holler and scream all we want, but these judges aren't going to listen to us. No, but I also think we have to push back against climate derangement syndrome. Yes. It, it cannot be accepted. You, you cannot deny the self evident truth in front of your own eyes. This, this November 10th is about the same as November 10th has been for the last, I don't know, 2,000 years? Well, no, I don't know. We had five, five inches years. of snow last year on November <laughs> yeah, 10th. Right. Be right. Better than last year's. Right. <laughs> yeah, in next week on November 17th, it might be the record. I haven't looked ahead. The record high might be 72 degrees. Yep. It's just, it's, nature is what it is. What's the temperature supposed to be? Well, it's not mature, ask, asking this lady in Bozeman mm -hmm. who was complaining about the heat. What's the temperature supposed to be? Well, not this hot. Well, then what about 30 below in the winter? Well, but that's winter. That happens. But heat doesn't happen in the summer, no, you idiot? No, it doesn't. No, mm -mm. it's not supposed to, Joe. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Well, I'm comforted. I'm comforted to know that my scooter's tucked away in warm there storage at EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Winter heated storage space for scooters starting at 240 bucks and electric bikes starting at 200 but that includes full winterization, battery tendering, and spring tune-up. Pick-up and drop-off in the Twin Cities is also available for a low price. Right now, heading into Christmas, they're offering an extra $100 off all the gas-powered scooters that turn urban errands into, advent into adventures. Youth ATVs and electric bikes for GLers during the month of October, I'm sorry, November. Great time to get the coolest Christmas gifts you'll ever find from great people. Full line of Yamaha products, not to mention Yamaha clothing and hats. Great service department. And these great deals on picking up your stuff and getting it out there and storing it and maintaining it for you. Mm -hmm. Free up your garage space. That's right. That's at EcoFun Motorsports. It's on Highway 61. Where else? In downtown Forest Lake. Uh, Maple Grove Lock and Safe is a web address. American Security Safes and Liberty Safes, the main two items there. Oh, wait, there's one more. 
It's the guy that owns the joint, Rich. He's going to save you some money on whatever safe, no matter what size you need, be it a tiny little thing for just one item or a big walk-in unit, firearms, mad magazines, wheat pennies, family heirlooms, whatever. You know what? Fill it full of Kansas Seafoam, as far as I'm concerned. Whatever it is, Rich is going to give you the peace of mind by providing you with a safe that's going to keep your things secure. And wouldn't you know it, well... It's actually not a surprise. Being a GLer, Rich is pretty good with tools and making repairs for locks and safes. So if that's on your mind, stop by, give him a call, uh, and he'll do what he can to help you. Maple Grove Lock and Safe. They're in Maple Grove, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, and on the web at maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following? Maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy. Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health. And that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health and they can be your doctor for all your health needs and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in and please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. I had an interesting walk yesterday. Oh, because you walk every day. I do, and I change things up a bit. Different routes? Yes, I, I'm going to add this one to my route, which will make me have, I have four routes. This is, I just added this one. Now, does I, each route apply to the specific day? So you have a Monday route and a Tuesday route? No, I think they're all mood-driven. Got it. And this one was mood-driven because I was aware uh, of the uh, incompetence in St. Paul who begged the voters to provide a, uh, a cap on rent, rent limits, which passed. And then because it passed, the uh, developers of the new Highland Bridge neighborhood in That's Highland right. on the site of the old Ford plant said, well, hold up, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. something, ain't, something right. ain't right, uh, we're pausing our construction because they can't make any money with sure. this deal. Which is the whole point. Which of is a shock to place. realize that uh, you, you, <laughs> when you develop something, you intend to make a profit. Correct. You want to make money. And, and so I walked from, uh, oh, about oh, Highland Parkway down to uh, Hidden Falls. Okay. On Mississippi River Boulevard, all along the uh, the new project in there, and and it, nothing was going on. They have in fact paused, and I, it's going to be an interesting development. Uh, 
I personally would would have wished that the factory had remained there and you could actually have people uh, going to work and making a living making something there. I don't know what it would what it have been. Uh, but I, I walked all the way down to uh, uh, Hidden Falls, and then I walked back. And what could possibly have these morons in City Hall been thinking? Uh, most cities that have rent control exempt new development. Not, not these guys. No, no, no. We're going to do things differently so here. Now, so now what happens? Well, the developers put a pause on it, and this panics Melvin Carter. So he's saying to the council, well, let's amend this ordinance that people voted for. Well, <laughs> you can't. You, 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 you really can't. It just I mean, passed. Well, they'll figure out a way to do it because they're, they're, the salon is making up things as they go. Oh, you know what it'll be? We're going to need another new cabinet member to be the, uh, what would that be? <laughs> the amender for the new construction division of solar-powered management. You're not far off at all. Oh, no. You're kidding. What? No, I'm going to read you an email from a guy. Oh. Sad or unfortunate as it may be, many real estate developers and landlords are reliant upon investors for capital and financial support. And there is a not-so-funny thing about investors and the owners of apartment buildings. They are in it to make money. Crazy concepts like a return and an operating <laughs> profit. If we put up for vote, if we put up for a vote that filling stations can't raise the price of gas more than 3%, I'll lay you 100 to 1 odds two things will happen. One, it will pass overwhelmingly. And two, a hell of a bunch of gas stations will close. That's exactly what's going to happen here. Wow. It's exactly what's going to happen here. You woo the Ryan companies. You give them every kind of break in the world. You tear down Henry Ford's, one of Henry Ford's original buildings. Not not Melvin. Uh, Chris Carter had a lot to do with this. Uh, Chris Coleman, I'm sorry. Chris Coleman. Chris Carter doesn't build houses. That's right. He just scores touchdowns. And now you you <laughs> you encourage voters to uh, to pass rent control, and now these developers say, "Well, hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. That's not why we're doing this. We have to be able to make some money." So now Melvin's scrambling to backtrack and asking the city council to change the city's rent control policy. Uh, he said, uh, Carter said over the weekend that he would seek an amendment to exempt new construction from the rent limits, but that was, was, was not on the ballot. Turning off our supply of new housing would be disastrous for us as a community, Carter said. Okay. Deputy Mayor Jamie Tincher followed up in a Monday email to city council members saying the change was necessary to allow developers a reasonable return on investment. How do you like the way the salon is suddenly in charge of how much money you can make? <laughs> That language aligns with the new ordinance, which allows developers to apply for exemptions to ensure a reasonable return on their investment. Yet any changes face legal uncertainty. The St. Paul City Attorney's Office has warned that any major amendments within one year would risk a lawsuit, uh, presumably by these various control-the-rent coalitions, right? Mm -hmm. That's always a possibility, Carter said when asked about the potential lawsuit. Of course, our city attorney's office is preparing to make sure the interests of the city are always protected legally. I have no confidence, Melvin. No confidence in you or your people. Uh, none. Uh, we've seen one display of incompetency after another, starting with the trash collection, for example, uh, which rates are going up for that. I was just going to say, wasn't there news in that regard? Yeah. So uh, I don't blame the developers at all. No. I'm not getting the hammer out of my belt, pal, until you uh, rescind this. And now look what else is going to happen. So you're losing what 
one of those units probably, or one of those buildings probably is what a thousand units. I have I've, no, I have no idea. No idea. Whatever. I don't it is. take a thousand units. Well, no. whatever that whatever that number is, but they're not. That's not the only one that's probably going to be affected by this. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at is now what's going to now what's going to happen? All the uh, property tax that you were going to apply to that, not only that building but the others that are going to follow suit, mm-hmm. you're losing that tax base. There's something like twelve or fifteen. I walked right by where their front yards would be. Uh, uh, lots for sale where the sky will be the limit, apparently. You can go in there and build a mansion. Mm-hmm. I think there's about 12 to 15. And those have sold. Those lots have sold. So I, it's beyond my comprehension why you'd want to invest that kind of money in a house when you're essentially in a, a, central, a centrally planned city-run development, but it's being done. Uh, rent control obviously would not affect those developments. But all in the meantime, all of the uh, so-called affordable housing you intended to build in there is being put on hold. Mm-hmm. And the idea that in some way this was, I just, again, we, we go back to how did they think that this was going to benefit the city? These are people that have had no real life experience true. doing yeah. anything. Yep. They've never worked. They've never had to meet a payroll. They've never had to hire and fire. They've never had to meet a budget. They just change the budget if they don't have it. They just change it. Or amend it, like or they're amend doing here. It. <laughs> oh, it's, it's unbelievable. We, we've just... All of, all of America, particularly the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, we've just surrendered the, to, to politics people who have no business running businesses. Right. They don't know how. My God in heaven. Uh, uh, yes, John? Oh. I, I've i kind of had my microphone off because, well, you can hear. Oh, the dog is barking. <laughs> is there anybody at you home? You were doing this, which meant I thought you had something to uh, say. <laughs> nobody's at home, but they probably left the uh, window shade open. I'll, I will go close it during a break. So oh, they're probably they seeing a squirrel it. in the front yard or well, something. And everybody who walks by. We have a lot of walkers up here in uh, Andover. And whenever somebody walks by, Show a new nuts. route maybe in front of Johnny's house. Yeah, that'd be huh? too far yeah. to drive to take the walk. I think so? Yeah. Wait, You, you can wait, park wait, in my wait. driveway. Wait a minute. Yeah. You you drive to places to take a walk? All four of my routes require automobile transportation. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can add a fifth route that does not, but I, I I like my other four better than the fifth. John, let me huh. ask you. You've you've been working with the fellows a lot longer than I have. Yeah. What's what's stranger to you? The fact that the mayor gets in the car and drives to a spot to take a walk, or the Roycey Walk, which is the top-down driving around Lake Calhoun. <laughs> yeah, that's a Roycey well, Walk. Well, the, I, I, the Joe one's a little strange. I walk a lot, too, but I, I have three routes, but they all, I just walk out my driveway and mm. go whichever way I'm going to go. I could do like, that. I could do that. But I might have some historical interest in other places. Okay. You know, uh, you know I see some stuff. You know. I also, I also have a lake that kind of is right off, so I can... You know, I can walk by the lake, so maybe that, well, you know, you know what? I, I get I recant I get what I said. I, I recant what I said because it, it's analogous to a lot of the people that drive to the gym sure. to go work out well, at the gym. Right. Same thing. Right. Okay. Well, I, I actually walk to the gym. It's only about a block away from my house. God almighty. Take a break and go <laughs> shut that mud up. <laughs> it's a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, and do it... Uh, Fireworks Commissioner of Garage Logic, Mr. Joe Sushara, does just add a gulp of seafoam 
to every gas can you fill up. That's the best thing you can possibly do for your assorted cylinders. And I know your assorted cylinders are many, ATVs, side-by-sides, bikes, sleds, outboards, chainsaws, whips, riding lawnmowers, doesn't matter. Run them hard, put them away wet, and you'll never have to worry about them starting again because of those gulps of seafoam. And yes, of course that involves tractors and your car, your classics, whatever. Seafoam works in everything, gas and or diesel. And the other one, Deep Creep. Wow, Deep Creep has uh, replaced that uh, other junk uh, in almost every GLer's chem cabinet. The best penetrating oil and lube that you could possibly own. Best thing in the market. Get yourself some seafoam, a wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam. Once again, we want to thank Andy and his crew at Kahuna Window Cleaning and Services for their partnership here in Garage Logic. You see, they take care of all the stuff around your house that you really hate doing. Window cleaning, gutter cleaning, pressure washing, roof washing. They will even put up and take down and store your holiday lights. They service the entire metro area from North Branch to Norwood Young America. Kahuna is also a veteran-owned company and honored to be recommended by Trust Vets. Check this out. Throughout November, they have a great special on holiday lighting just for GLers. Whether you want the Clark W. Grill well look or something a little more subtle they can handle it they do all of the work seriously all of it they make the design to your liking purchase the high quality bright commercial grade christmas lights you can't buy in stores they professionally install the lights cut to fit your home perfectly and can even provide a timer they maintain the lights throughout the entire holiday season and take the lights down and store them for the off season kahuna is offering all the above for a special price of just 550 dollars just for glers schedule it right now at kahuna window cleaning Make sure you ask for the Garage Logic special. Again, that's KahunaWindowCleaning.com. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, a few sports sort of items to pass along before we get to, to news. Uh, the first one, a Vikings note. Uh, more news, I guess. A legal fight is underway over an alleged incident at Vikings running back Dalvin Cook's East Metro home last year. Cook's agent, Zach Hiller, details an assault and extortion attempt, he says, by Cook's ex-girlfriend. Meanwhile, the woman's filed a lawsuit claiming domestic abuse. Hiller told the folks at Five Eyewitness News that Cook's ex-girlfriend, who's a sergeant in the U.S. Army, broke into Cook's home and attacked him about a year ago. She then allegedly tried to extort him for millions of dollars, claiming Cook had injured her in the attack she initiated. However, because the sergeant broke into Cook's home, Hiller said, Cook had the right to defend himself under Minnesota's Castle Doctrine. David Valentini, Cook's lawyer, said the former girlfriend has filed a lawsuit in Dakota County District Court alleging the opposite. Uh, She's claiming she's the victim of an assault by Cook. According to reporting from the Star Tribune, the lawsuit says the woman went to Cook's house to break up with him and he slammed her face into a coffee table, causing her forehead and the bridge of her nose to break open. Two other people were inside the home and witnessed the alleged incident. Uh, Valenti also said the woman maced Cook and pointed a gun at him. However, Valenti told Five Eyewitness News that Cook is the victim. The woman's trying to wreck his career. No criminal complaints have been filed in connection with that alleged incident. And our former colleague, Matthew Collar, uh, was at the Delvin Cook press conference, Johnny. Cook yes. is claiming that he's the victim in the situation. That's a quote. He also says, quote, I would love to say more about this, but he also said he won't go into more details. The facts of the situation will come out. I've been through a lot of tough times in my life, uh, but I have my head up high. and know the truth will come out. I'm letting my legal team handle the legal matters. 
Got it. Uh, also, some COVID news from the Vikings. Dakota Dozier, offensive lineman, uh, is in COVID protocol, and 29 different members of the team and squad uh, that had been in contact with him are going through testing. So uh, oh that boy. could have some ram- ramifications, obviously, for this weekend. They're going to have to and play with nine guys on the didn't line. Didn't the Oakland Raiders just let go a guy who was <laughs> filmed uh, threatening to shoot somebody? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's in addition to the guy who killed somebody going 180 miles Yeah, that's a different guy. Exactly. It's a nice league we got there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Two different guys. Uh, One other COVID NFL note, uh, for those who wanted the Packers to be punished, uh, today they were fined $300,000, all of this from the Aaron Rodgers fallout, obviously, and Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard were fined $14,560 apiece uh, for uh, breaking protocol, I guess you would call it. So there you go. Uh, some folks wanted Rogers suspended. That did not happen. Uh, in news, police issuing a warning for residents in Woodbury and Oakdale after a string of armed carjackings and robberies that happened Monday night between 8.15 and 9 p.m. The Woodbury Police Department confirmed an armed carjacking in the Target parking lot at 7200 Valley Creek Plaza, an armed robbery outside Chick-fil-A at 6939 Valley Creek Road, and a stolen car outside the Holiday Station store at 2030 Eagle Creek Lane. Police think all three crimes are connected with the same suspect vehicles involved. They said the suspects arrived in a gray 2014 Honda Pilot and a newer black BMW X1. Woodbury police posted to Facebook asking residents to be vigilantly aware of surroundings and call 911 if they notice any suspicious activity. Uh, We mentioned this story earlier, the randomness of this story, a bit frightening. A 75-year-old man dying Tuesday afternoon following a police pursuit of a truck that was entangled in a chain-link fence. Brooklyn Park Police Department said officers called to the area of Highway 610 and Zane Avenue just before 10 a.m. after a citizen saw their construction trailer being stolen by a blue Ford truck. Responding officers found the stolen trailer and truck in the parking lot of a high V on Zane Avenue. When officers tried to stop that truck, it fled. Officers didn't pursue it for safety reasons. However, police say the driver then drove through the grass into a ditch and through a chain link fence to escape onto Highway 610, and the 200 plus feet of the fence became entangled in the truck. As the suspect fled onto South Highway 252, the fence was dragging behind the truck. Due to the dangers that posed uh, from that, officers initiated a pursuit. Near Highway 252 and 66, the suspect truck passed another vehicle, which was hit by the fence. The impact caused the other vehicle to strike a traffic pole, also dislodged the fence from the fleeing truck. Officers stopped to render aid to the driver of the vehicle that was impacted by the fence. However, police say the 75-year-old man died from his injuries. The suspect, suspect truck last seen on Highway 100 exiting onto France Avenue. Minnesota State Patrol says it was reported stolen. The Bureau of Criminal Apprehension and State Patrol are investigating the incident. Anyone with any info regarding the suspect's truck's location is asked to call 911. But just remember, all those kids have to get vaccinated to wear a mask at school. That's 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 what's plaguing us right now. <laughs> a recent Minnesota job report. Nancy Pelosi officiated a Getty wedding, as in the Getty fortune. Some really? woman named Getty. I don't know where she ranks in the family scale. One of the Gettys, huh? And it was... Uh, at the courthouse in San Francisco, and of course Nancy was nobody was wearing a mask. Well, they don't have to, Joe. Oh. You, you you can't get COVID uh, in in that in that regard. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's part of it's part of the rules. Right. 
A recent Minnesota jobs report showed a record number of openings in the second quarter of 2021 as demand for workers outpaced hiring. According to the Department of Employment and Economic Development, or DEED, there were 205,714 vacancies by the end of June, which was the highest number in 20 years. It's an increase of 84% from the second quarter of 2020. The report shows the number of vacancies in the second quarter was nearly twice that of the unemployed worker population. Commissioner Steve Grove said some workers are reluctant to return to work due to concerns over the Delta variant, while some also face challenges finding child care. The pandemic unemployment assistance payments stopped back in early September. About two dozen states opted out of the additional $300 checks before the deadline, arguing that it was affecting businesses' ability to hire employees. Grove argued that wasn't a factor in Minnesota anyway. He pointed to J.P. Morgan Chase Institute, Columbia University researchers, and the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. They all analyzed whether the additional $300 and $600 unemployment benefits affected job seekers re-entering the workforce. Each report differed, but overall, they all said that while the checks did have an impact, it was relatively small. Meanwhile, nationally, the number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits fell to a new pandemic low 267,000 last week as the job market recovered from the coronavirus downturn. Jobless claims fell by 4,000 last week, according to the Labor Department. I was standing in line at the drugstore the other day and noticing all the signs that said, uh, we, we pay a $1,250 signing bonus uh, f- uh, for uh, pharmacy workers. Yeah. That's that's not much more to my story than that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one more jobs-related note. Uh, the tight labor market has made it tough to find, you know, truck drivers, rest, everything. Everything. Tough to find everything. <laughs> yes. Well, add to that the list, uh, Santas, who are both in high no. demand. Really? Are, are in high demand and short supplies. Some would-be St. Nick's stay on the sidelines of the labor market. Working Santas, though, are capitalizing on their scarcity value, bumping up their hourly rates and packing their schedules for the holiday season. A lot of Santas stuck to virtual appearances last year due to pandemic concerns. Now with COVID cases falling, people eager to gather for the holidays, those in the Santa industry say demand has rebounded and then some. Concerns about the virus are still high among a group of workers that skews toward older, heavier set men. And those in the Santa industry says it's harder than usual to find qualified candidates. The shortage has overwhelmed bookers, set organizations looking for bearded volunteers, and forced some event coordinators to settle for Santa visits in mid-October. Available Santas know Mm. that they're hot commodities. Brian Wilson is vice president of communications for Santa for Hire. What a job that would be. Really neat. He says the ones that are... Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not like you can make a living being Santa. Do you recall me telling you guys about the Santa I saw last year? On one of my my walking routes, on part of Summit, which was involved in one of my walking routes. Okay. And I regret to this day I didn't take a selfie, because A, I probably wouldn't have known how. Right. Uh, But he was Santa. I've never seen anything like it in my life. He was so uh, perfect. And what was the encounter? Did I he? think he was walking to someone's uh, mansion to be a to be Santa. kids party or yeah, something like I that. Guess so. okay. yeah. well, um, apparently, in, in Orange County, where Mister Wilson is, he says they're making up to three hundred dollars an hour. Wow. Uh huh. Well, this guy I saw would be worth whatever he wanted. Sure, because he was Santa, and his outfit was just an, a, a 
an artwork. So he wasn't hmm. like when when my grandpa used to dress up as Santa and had the Copenhagen chew spit all over oh. the front of the sleigh. <laughs> and the or or Royce's dad, where the, yeah. the thing was rolled up into a ball under the basement well, steps. That and Grandpa Lud's uh, Santa suit was so old. How old was How it? How old was it? It was orange. Oh, it, it faded. <laughs> faded it so faded. bad it was orange. <laughs> Never <Here's> washed. <laughs> Here's another good job, by the way, uh, as part of this story. Stephen Arnold has a remark. You know who Steve is? No. He's the chief executive of IBRBS, formerly known as the International Brotherhood of Real Bearded Santas. Oh, boy. (laughs) Probably get a carrying card and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He says demand is on par with previous years, but he said some Santas still have COVID concerns. He says there's a lot of Santas as there were, uh, as many, excuse me, as there were in 2018 and 19, but their willingness to work certain types of gigs is still pretty limited. Uh, We were just sent a a piece of audio. I didn't know, John, if you were going to get to this or not, but... um... Did you guys see uh, the uh, press conference from Pete Buttigieg yesterday? I did not. John, did you? No, I did not. Well, he was talking about some of the infrastructure because. Oh, you know, I did see. I'm sorry, I did yeah, see. Yeah. And yes. Um, yes. Joe, we got a real problem All right. in the transportation uh, industry right now, and Pete's going to explain what that is right All now. All right, thank you. If an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly Black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or it would have been uh, in New York, was was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Is that real? Yep. Yeah, that's real. I saw it yesterday. Uh, bridges are now racist. You Wait a see, minute. Wait see. a minute. <laughs> Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Mm-hmm. What if the bus was carrying white kids to the beach? Well, then it's then it's that doesn't matter, Joe. Let me hear that again. Why is there music underneath it? Because it's kind of a spoof video. Well, but no, then it's not real. You're telling me no, it's no, not no, no, real. No. Well, it, the the soundbite is sound real. The soundbite of Pete is 100% real. It is and not made somebody, up. Yeah, and somebody thought they'd be clever and throw and add the clown music. music well, let me hear this yeah. again. It's, it's almost like us doing the Ilhan Omar. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. There you go. All right. yep. If an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or it would have been, uh, in New York was, was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, but that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. That's insanity. Why am why 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 do I have to be surrounded by insanity? That's insanity. Uh, I take I'll take that kind of personally, Joe, because we surround you. I know. <laughs> oh, where his life rests. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, I kind of walked into that so one. Break it on down for us, Mr. Mayor. You mean to tell me? Well, if there's a bus. Mm-hmm. With only black and Puerto Rican children on it. And it can't get to the beach. It can't get under the underpass. Because the bridge is too low because the bridge is racist. Because the guy designing the bridge designed it in such a way to prevent black children and Puerto Rican children That's right. from getting to the beach. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the white kids are supposed to get to the beach. Well, their bus is lower, obviously. They have a lower bus? They got a lower bus. A so better bus. They were able to get it, sneak underneath the old racist bridge. Plus, I'd like to note... Does he have an example of that somewhere where the bus didn't get under the overpass? Well, in I'm, that he cited New York. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not defending what he said because it's stupid as hell. But all you guys are kind of misstating what he meant. What he meant was that part of town. Oh, where the black and Puerto Rican kids were is where that road was put. Okay. See, and the white kids would have been riding on a different road. Okay, but it's still you know. It's it's it's, it's uh, no no just, just, no. Just relax, no, Joe. No, just relax. No, Take a no. deep breath, Joe. Joe, deep breath. I'm glad I forgot to mention this to you before the show, so I could spring it on you during the show. <laughs> My God, <laughs> what is uh, wrong with us? 
Pfizer announcing it's asking the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to authorize booster doses of its COVID-19 vaccine for all adults ages 18 and older. That request comes a month and a half after the FDA authorized boosters for seniors and other high-risk adults. The company says new data from the large clinical trial of more than 10,000 fully vaccinated people found that a booster dose from Pfizer was over 95% effective against COVID-19 compared to individuals who were fully vaccinated but had not received a booster. A press release issued by Pfizer said that during the study period there were five cases of COVID-19 in the booster group, 109 cases in the non-boosted group. The company also says the efficacy, I love that word, mm-hmm. of the booster of the booster dose was consistent across different ages and racial and ethnic groups. I uh, I got my booster yesterday by the way. You did. My you having any effects? No. No. I haven't for any of them, for any of the three. So this is your third chip? Correct. Yeah, I now have three chips, okay. so they can they can see where I'm at yeah. from a lot <laughs> of different places. What brand did you get? Pfizer again. Oh, yeah. My my all all three have been Pfizer. And you had so. no side effects, right? With any of them? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Uh, in an effort to pump up business, uh, once Austria introduces their mandatory COVID nineteen vaccine pass in the coming weeks, one enterprising uh, brothel is putting its money where they think it'll pay off. The I like fun- that you didn't finish the line that you probably wanted to use. Thank you for that. <laughs> The Fun Palace Sex Star Sauna Club is offering a 30-minute voucher really? with the lady of your choice oh, wow, with, boy. with every vaccine administered on site, which the club is offering every Monday from 4 to 10 p.m. until the end of November when the new vaccine rules take effect in Austria. Club director Christopher Leichlocker told Reuters it's actually such a great action to make such a statement in our industry. The innovative take on getting a jab comes as COVID-19 cases spike in Austria, where just 64% of the population is fully vaccinated. The Fun Palace said it saw a 50% decrease in clientele since the pandemic started and is now hoping the new initiative will keep things up and running, no pun intended. Great, you can get the vaccine and then die from a sexually transmitted disease. (laughs) Joe, I'm sure they take care of all their girls. Uh, Boy, I hope so. I would think anyway. Uh, there's a lot to digest uh, in this story reported by WCCO. Did you guys hear about this 70-year-old woman who allegedly threatened a state trooper with a fake gun? Yes. No. Yes, I did. The gun was made of duct tape and tinfoil. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she climbed onto a bridge over an interstate with a bottle of tequila in her hand. Where Where was this, John? Uh, let's see. Concordia and Snelling in St. Paul. Oh, boy. Driving erratically near. Familiar uh, with that he- area, are you, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Gene Hansen is now charged with threats of violence, fleeing a police officer, and two counts of DWI. A criminal complaint says the trooper began following Hansen's vehicle Saturday night when she was driving erratically near Concordia and Snelling in St. Paul. She stopped in a closed traffic lane, exited her vehicle, and approached the trooper's squad car. I'd be right told, near the soccer field. Ah, yeah, right in there. She told the trooper, hey, officer, I'm trying to find my way out of here. Well, the trooper had already looked her up because she was driving so erratically and found that there was an active warrant out for her arrest. The trooper asked Hanson to sit in the squad car. She refused, tried to get back into her own vehicle, at which point the trooper tried to pull her out of the car. At that point, Hanson uh, grabbed something that looked like a gun, pointed it at the trooper who then retreated, and she sped away in her vehicle. The car was found, and then Hanson was found hanging on the fence of the Pascal Street Bridge over Interstate 94, drinking from a bottle of tequila and grabbing at the silver gun-shaped object in her waistband. Authorities eventually got her off the bridge. According to the complaint, officers recovered a replica handgun, knife, and another foil and duct tape object. 
She allegedly so, uh, showed signs of impairment, admitted to taking uh, six diazepam. I don't know how to say that. Diazepam pills. Whatever. I, I, don't I know what either. they are, but they're, yeah, they're, uh, for which she had prescriptions for before drinking uh, the tequila. Uh, the complaint says she told authorities she thought the trooper who stopped her was a threat to the public, which is why she grabbed at the fake gun. Mm-hmm. Um, question. Yeah. Yes, Serious sir. question. John Choi wouldn't prosecute her, correct? I don't know what will happen there. Because it was, a, was this not a, wouldn't this be a routine traffic stop? Well, no, you got the well, booze involved with, in the fake gun. Okay. Yeah, and she got charged with what? Uh, threats of violence, fleeing a police officer, two counts of DWI. So that might, that might not fit Okay. In there. She must have had a rough day. <laughs> I'll <laughs> say. Yeah. Hanging the from the old bridge with a bottle of tequila, huh? And a fake gun. A gub. A gub. I made, yeah, I made gub. this gub out of tape and. Oh, I see. This is a robbery. This is a stick up. <laughs> The deaths of eight people in that crush of fans at that music festival have led calls for an independent outside investigation instead of one by the Houston Police Department, who, along with the fire department, played a key role in crowd control and other safety measures at the show. Experts in crowd safety say an investigation by neutral outsiders into the tragedy during Friday night's performance by rapper Travis Scott could help the city avoid potential conflicts of interest and promote transparency. If he doesn't go to prison, I hope he ends up penniless. Yeah, I don't think he's going to find many gigs at this point. No. I wouldn't think. A federal judge on Tuesday rejected former President Trump's request to block the release of documents to the House Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. In denying a preliminary injunction, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin said Congress had a strong public interest in obtaining records that could shed light on the violent insurrection mounted by former president supporters. She added that President Joe Biden did have the authority to waive executive privilege over the documents despite Trump's assertions otherwise. Max Cleland. Remember Max? Yep. Joe, you should, yeah. He was left with one limb. He lost three in Vietnam, right? Yeah, lost both legs and an arm during the Vietnam War. Later became a senator from Georgia, only to lose his seat after Republicans questioned his patriotism, died on Tuesday at his home in Atlanta. His friend Joseph Menninger said the cause was congestive heart failure. It was a grenade accident in 1968 that caused all the problems. He spent 18 months recuperating. Cleland served in local politics in Georgia and as head of the new Federal Veterans Administration, which is now the Department of Veterans Affairs, before he was elected to the Senate in 1996. Running for another term just a year after the terrorist attacks of September 11th, he was the target of an infamous 30-second television spot that showed images of Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein while it questioned Cleland's commitment to homeland security and implied that he was soft on the war of terror. The commercial's images created an uproar. Even prominent Republicans, including Senators John McCain and Chuck Hagel, both Vietnam veterans, were outraged. Hagel said he recoiled when he saw the ad, and McCain told the Washington Post, I've never seen anything like that. When Cleland lost the election to Saxby Chambliss, he received 46 percent to Chambliss's 53, uh, which helped the Republicans narrowly recapture the Senate. The ad was perceived as having made a difference. In fact, though, Cleland had been losing some ground before the commercial was aired. In the post-9-11 era, the ad was also a sign of things to come. The Democratic National Convention in Boston, where John Kerry was nominated, James Carville, the party strategist, introduced Cleland by saying he'd go down in history for the injustice he had served. Uh, that had been served him in 2002. Uh, Max Cleland was two, uh, no, he was 79 years old. Uh, Nicaraguan President uh, Daniel Ortega, in what's being described as a parody and a sham, has been reelected. Yeah, 
reason he was reelected. Uh, I don't think he had the, much of a choice. Well, most of the seven people who ran against him, mm -hmm. uh, he ended up jailing in the two months before. Oh, you can do that. Before, yeah. He won 97% of the votes. So That's yeah. amazing. Everybody that ran yeah. against him, he put in jail. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, everybody, uh, every country pretty much against it. The UK, the US, the EU issuing statements challenging the legitim uh, legitimacy of the vote. Uh, even before the results were announced, the governments of Colombia, Chile, and Costa Rica said they would not recognize the outcome. President Costa bleeping Rica. <laughs> Biden saying in a statement Sunday, uh, the ruling pair should release detained political dissidents and hold a real election. Ortega first came to prominence back in the 1970s when his leftist Sandinistas overthrew Nicaraguan president and dictator Anastasio Somoza. Brian Williams, the veteran anchor who became an integral part of MSNBC after a critical on-air gaffe in 2015 behind the anchor desk at NBC Nightly News, led to his removal from that program as parting ways now with MSNBC. What, is it because his, his contract own. finally ran out, John? His, his contract runs out uh, at the end of this year. Okay. His next step in the news business, or whether he expects to continue it, remain unknown. Williams said, this is the end of a chapter, in the one chapter and the beginning of another. There are many things I want to do. I'll pop up again somewhere. For the next few months, I'll be with my family, the people I love the most, and the people who enabled my career to happen. Uh, he hosted the 11th hour. His contract runs out at the end of the Remind year. me, what, what did he lie about? He lied about He's... getting shot at while in a helicopter in Iraq. That's what it was. Okay. He said he was flying and there were bullets. Yeah. I think he used some very flowery, uh, yeah. you know, they were bouncing off the off the helicopter, words to that effect. And, uh, and it was a big, we don't know that. Right. Well, it wasn't true. In fact, all the other people said uh, that did not it happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. No, no. Uh, the, I don't know why uh, he retained his job. Well, but they probably, his he, contract, he, they didn't want to have to pay him. Right? Wouldn't that have been? No, he, he didn't retain his job. He, oh, he but was he the landed host on his feet with MSNBC. At MSNBC. And, and you know what? He was pretty good there yeah. <laughs> at MSNBC. I don't watch MSNBC. The Hershey well, yeah, Company. Yeah, we heard from him, though, because that's where we got the Al Gore Mitchell, yeah. yeah. The Hershey Company announcing today it has entered into agreement Oof. to acquire Dots Homestyle Pretzels and Pretzels Inc. for $1.2 billion. Dollars. That's with a B. Now, uh, pretzels, uh, Joe. Pretzels. All, all us North Dakotans like this story because founder Dorothy Dot Hanke launched the business from her kitchen in Velva, North Dakota, in wow. 2012. Wow. Or as the the older German Russian people like my family would like to say, Welfa, North Dakota. Welfa. After a relative asked her to make a batch of her special recipe seasoned pretzels for customers in Arizona. Are they the ones we've had around here? Oh, yeah. Dots? Yeah. yeah. They're pretty yeah. good, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Oh, they really are. Yeah. The small town recipe big time flavor pretzels were a big hit. Hanky told attendees of the One Million Cups Fargo event in 2019. She and her husband Randy started attending Pride of Dakota shows and other trade shows, eventually opened a production facility in their hometown of Velva. By 2015, they opened a plant in Goodyear, Arizona, and in 2017, a facility in Lenexa, Kansas, because it was a centralized location. Over the time, the company also introduced a pretzel rub for meat and fish and Mr. Dot candy bars, turning what was once pretzel, uh, pretzel waste <laughs> into money-making products. 2020, they launched Dot Southwest seasoned pretzels, which John, are also really You're the one that introduced good. me to the Dot pretzel years and years ago. Oh, yeah. But you yeah. know what? It, there's no wrong way to eat a Dot's pretzel, but you know what my favorite way is? What? what? Crumple them up and put it on chili. Ooh, that'd be good. That would be delicious. John, where's Velva? 
Uh, Velva is uh, it's, uh, between Bismarck and Minot, if you're familiar with wh where they are. It's, it's fairly close to Minot. Mm -hmm. It's a very small, small town. I've been I wonder if she's going to maybe treat herself to maybe a Miami Beach location or something. Well, with 1.2 billion. Well, it sounds like they must have had a place in Arizona already, right? Good. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think. I would think. She's not going to have to worry about it, Joe. Yeah, I don't think uh, she's going to have any issues. Maybe with, she'll uh, buy a house near one of those racist bridges over in New York. Yeah. Just think, in 2012 they started that. So in less than 10 years, yeah, she turned it into a 1.2 billion dollar. But she doesn't have a new fart button like Joe does. That's right. <laughs> Well, Schmelz Countryside is a family business. There we go. That's uh, one of the last uh, multi-generational dealerships in the Twin Cities. Been uh, in Maplewood on the corner of 36 and 61 for more than 50 years. They're doing their damnedest to get you a vehicle because times are tough in the car markets right now, but they're, they're getting them. And uh, right now, there's 0% for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagen vehicles with the exception of the ID4. 0% for up to 72 months on Fiats, and 0% for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeo models, and they have Stelvios in inventory. It's a great, great SUV. I've owned all three of these, Volkswagen, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo, and will continue to. I really, really like them. So do your own inventory search at SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, John. Are you going to tell us about that horrible story out of St. Paul? I just have it right here, yes. A man is in custody. Uh, all the details just uh, coming out this morning. A man is in custody in connection to the death of his mother in St. Paul early this morning. The St. Paul Police Sergeant Natalie Davis said officers responded to the area of Cook Avenue East near Payne Avenue at about 4 this morning on a report of a man who was out of control and assaulting his mother. Mm -hmm. Their officers found what they are calling a really awful scene that included a woman in her 60s who was unresponsive, appeared to have been badly beaten, and had severe head trauma. Medics arrived, pronounced her dead at the scene. Officers also found a 38-year-old man at the home, identified him as a suspect. He was detained, questioned, and then booked into the Ramsey County Jail on suspicion of second-degree murder. Davis said, I'm at a loss for words here. It's heartbreaking for everybody involved. This is the 33rd homicide of the year in St. Paul. Davis said charges are expected to be filed against the suspect in the next couple of days. The Ramsey County Medical Examiner's Office will release the woman's name and cause of death at a later time. Right, Won't God. it be something to discover that he, he, might, uh, he might very well should have been in jail? We don't know anything about him. I'm just saying, I wonder if he's a... Uh, one of these characters that has been let out too frequently. Uh, I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. Yeah, horrible, horrible story. Just awful. All the right, metrics. Jenny. Oh, okay, we're done. Well, we can be. Sure. Okay, okay. We're not. We're going to be right back. <laughs> Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. We were talking uh, off, off air about some interesting craft beer developments. And I, I should note that Jordy provided me this. Congress has approved alcohol monitors in all new cars to stop drunk driving in Biden's new $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. Wow. The bipartisan package passed Friday. It allocates around $17 billion for road safety programs, including adding monitors to all new cars as early as 2026. And, uh, of course, Jordy notes the infrastructure bill is overflowing with B as in B, S as in S. Drunks will only drive older cars without yep. the device. It would be 10 to 15 years before this kind of diktat 
could be effective. Making you pay for an alcohol tester is an insult to injury. The state says you are guilty until the machine says you are innocent. One more expense, one more thing to break, and one more thing to leave you stranded when it does break. Legislation to force people to purchase your product is for sale to the highest bidder. Hundred percent correct, mm-hmm. and that's fine if, if they want to introduce that to get drunks up the road. Fine, I'm not going to object to that. But then let's also do something about the texters because they're a far greater threat mm-hmm. to people on the roads than the drunk drivers are, and it's not even close. Only, only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park and Mumpum along to South Africa from the traveling Lymans. On this day in 1851, November 10th, 1851, the Sisters of Saint Joseph of Carondelet. Open a school for girls in St. Paul, enrolling 14 pupils and holding classes in the former chapel of St. Paul. Originally named St. Mary's, the school would eventually be known as St. Joseph's. That's where my mother went. Huh. Isn't that where they took the logs from Pig's Eye, Perrant's uh, riverfront cabin, or the first church in St. Paul, and they brought them up to that site, and the builders burned them for really? firewood? <laughs> oh, yeah, we not... just had that the other day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in On this day in 1855... Henry W. Longfellow published the Song of Hiawatha. Although the poet never visited Minnesota, his poem depicts locations such as Minnehaha and uh, inspired some of the state's Ojibwe place names, including Bina, Nushka, Osseo, uh, Ponema, and Wabasso. So basically he pulled a Springsteen. I guess. You know, just started talking about things where he's probably never even been there in his songs. On this day in 1871, huh? I don't know. 20 years <laughs> after St. Joseph's about? opened, on this day in 1871, Creighton High School opened in St. Paul. Named for Joseph Creighton, the first bishop of the Diocese of St. Paul, the school merged with Durham Hall High School in 1987. All right. I was just trying to get Joe to issue a Springsteen cheap shot, John. That's basically well, I'd, what See, I need to defend my guy Springsteen. I need to know what the hell you're talking about because... Made no sense. Well, he just likes to, you know, reference all these certain parts of the country with his with his music. You know, uh, he's never been anywhere. Yeah, I, right. It was a joke. I was trying to. I was trying to get go fishing for jokes. May I tell you something that happened on this day in 1880? Please, sure, because it's your show. Captain R. H. L. Jewett <laughs> received from the government a shipment of young carp with which to stock rice. County Lakes. A government commission had been formed in response to European immigrants' demands for the fish. And now they spend all the time... Now we're trying to get rid of them. We're trying to get rid of them. (laughs) Right. Nobody likes carp, do they? I I don't fish. I I think it can be done correctly if it's smoked properly. If it's smoked, it's it's tolerable if it's smoked. Okay, got it. On this day in 1975, of course, the ore boat Edmund Fitzgerald sunk in Lake Superior and 29 crew members drowned. And finally, on this day in 1976... It's a big this day in history. It's a long one. Uh, Governor Wendell R. Anderson announced that he will fill newly elected Vice President Walter F. Mondale's U.S. Senate seat. He resigned as governor and was replaced by the lieutenant governor, Rudy Perpich, who then appointed Anderson to complete Mondale's term. The move ended Anderson's political career and made Perpich's. Anderson would not earn re-election to the Senate in 1978. But I think it was Rudy Boschwitz, wasn't it? Uh, but Perpich would serve out Anderson's term and be elected governor again in 1982. Didn't you have a beef with Rudy? Rudy and I had a strange relationship. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. He uh, he once picked up a guy in Wisconsin and was driving him back here, and, and uh, he had Monday Night Sports Talk on. And they just passed a sign that said, Welcome to Minnesota, home of the sharpest minds or something. And the guy said to Rudy, And you listen to these idiots? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Rudy was married to a Lola. 
And I remember one time he called the press over to the governor's mansion, okay. took us up into the attic to show that he had a hose going from a hole in the roof to a bucket. And he said, this is the way this house is being treated. He was looking for more money because he got criticized for buying a carpet or something. Oh, okay. sure. And so yep. he wanted to demonstrate that uh, he had taken these precautions against the rain coming in. Ah. He was a character. He was a dentist by trade. Hey, uh, I have a, a, a political note here that would never happen in this day and age from that whole scenario you just uh, talked about there. Mm-hmm. Wendell Anderson was defeated by Rudy Boschwitz, as you said, in 1978. Uh, Wendy, obviously a Democrat. Rudy Boschwitz, a Republican. Wendy Anderson resigned a few days before the end of his term so that Boschwitz would have seniority. That would never happen today. Oh, God, no. No. No, not a chance. I don't understand how that would have provided Boschwitz seniority. Well, he'd be a senator three days before the guys that were elected. Oh, so he'd be an incumbent. Ah, ah. Right? Well, Well, the the main point is you're right. That wouldn't happen today. It would never happen today. Do you think Ilhan Omar would do that if she was defeated by a Republican candidate? Graciously welcome the guy. Sure, she would. (laughs) (laughs) Careful, careful, Joe. Careful. We have people on stage going, Will you shut up, man? Come on, man. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on, man. All right, GLers, thank you. Yes, thank you very thank much. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, also, GLers, do us a favor. Join the thousands of Garage Logicians that have subscribed to the Garage Logic YouTube channel, where we are posting daily videos for your consumption. And don't forget to download the PodMN app for your smart device, where you have the chance to win prizes just for listening to Garage Logic via the PodMN app. And you can find us. All over social media, Instagram, Facebook, the Twitter, everything is available for you at your leisure. We'll catch you tomorrow.